God. And it's just the conviction for myself as well as for you that even as Christ has told us or apostles encouraged us through Christ to come to his household and pray, let us not take this lightly. It says in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42, I believe, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled in awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. They didn't just listen to the apostles' word. They also, that also was accompanied by prayer. And I want us to look at an example of where power was delivered, but it was also accompanied by the message of God. Let's turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple. I'm going to read from my, my Bible because it's, it's a bit scratched out there. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. So, so you see here that these guys had a devotion of prayer at least. It was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They could have been working. But they were going to the temple to pray in any case. And it says, now a man who was lame with birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John just about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. So the context of this is that this guy was probably at the beautiful gate for ages. People had known him for just being the guy who was lame and who begged. And he thought that he would receive money from Peter and John as per usual. But it says... In verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. So we see here that the power of God was demonstrated, but the context is these guys had a prayer life. And Jesus says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, but... If you look at the next chapter, when they were all in one place, that is when the power of the Holy Spirit came upon all the disciples who were in one place play, praying. And that's when they received power. But I want us to see what happens or why should we desire power. Is it so that people just see that we have power? No. It's so that souls will be saved. So let us turn our Bibles to um, Acts chapter 4. Verse 14. It says, But since they could see the man, that was the man at the beautiful gate, just so that you understand the context, who had been healed standing there with him, there was nothing they could say. That was the Sahindran, because 5,000 people had been saved following this miracle that, that these guys had, had, had um, undertaken. And just for reference... You can, you can read that in chapter 3. It says, So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sahindran and then confer together. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everyone lived a notable sign and we cannot deny it. So, just so you understand and you're with me, the time that we are in now, I feel that many people won't accept the gospel unless they see the demonstration of God's power. 
So these were the Sahindrans. So these were the guys that, you know, ran the city. But for them, they would have taken them to jail if it was just the message. But they realized that there was something different about the message. It was accompanied with power. And then it then goes on to say, everyone, it then says, um, everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. So I want us, I just want to encourage us this morning that even as, you know, we've been called to come and pray, let us not take it lightly. To be honest, I took it very lightly at the beginning. I was just like, six o'clock prayer. You thank God. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to come. But then I received the understanding that, look, the demonstration of power for people to be saved, which is why we've been called on earth. If our mandate on earth is just to be, to be saved and then to, to die, then why doesn't God just take our lives now? We have a mandate. God relies on both you and I to go out and demonstrate the power of God accompanied with his message so that souls will be saved. So I just want to implore us this morning that let us not take the time that we have set aside each day to pray lightly and let us take that with wholehearted devotion just like the people in the book of Acts did. And it was through their devotion to prayer that signs and wonders accompanied what they did and souls were saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. When the word of God goes out, you think about what God just spoke. You evaluate your life. If you have been doing what God has instructed. And if you have not, you make a determination that you will begin to comply. Let me say this to you. What um, Brother Jason just spoke with you because there is no time. Ten minutes is very brief. In the prayer time, we had enough time to explore. Your manifestation determines your, your height in life. You know, believers need to know this. And manifestation is not something you get because you come to church. It's because you are committed to God. And those who are committed to God will never miss any service. One of the things that we, we saw when we were looking at the life of the uh, Acts, the people of Acts of Apostles, is that in chapter 2, from verse 42, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the power of devotion. And we also saw that they attended the temple daily, verse 44. And then the Bible says, much grace was upon them all, and they found favor before all men. So in offices, they are promoted. In schools, they are excellent. Anything they decide to put themselves into, they rest to the top. Because the favor of God was upon them. So they do not struggle to attain heights. But it's because they devoted themselves to God. And God visited us on Friday. Things are different now. <laughs> you know, the Lord was speaking about somebody who had the spinal issue. 
on Friday. Did you remember? And what God revealed was that the spine was decaying. And the person came out after the service. It happened to have been just diagnosed this week of that condition. That condition, according to medicals, is not a condition that has remedy. You will hear his return after he has gone for second examination. The Lord had healed him. Because the strain and pain that he carried into the church that night vanished when the Lord spoke about it. You know, when the Lord spoke to me about it, somebody got up I said, no. I said that the person is further. Because I can sense that manifestation beyond the rule. And two people came up. What the Lord put in my heart to share with you for the next 25 minutes, be ready to write down. Seriously. I will give you enough information and on Friday, as we have agreed, we will explore the, the details of it. I'm talking about living as sons of light or living as sons of God. The book of John chapter 1 verse 5 to 7, it says this is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. You know, we talk about the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all sins. This scripture helps us to understand who is that applicable to. For the blood of Jesus to cleanse a man from all sins, he must be somebody walking in the light. That's what he says here. If we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. I told you some time ago that, you know, when we talk about praying for unity of sins, people have misunderstood that when Jesus said in John chapter 17, he prayed that, that the church, they said, let them be one as we are one. If you, if you thought that is just pray, praying that the churches on earth will come to a place of unity, no, no. What the Lord is talking about is just this. In every denomination and every church are human beings who are united with the Father. And in every denomination and every church are human beings who are not united with the Father. Those who are united with the Father are the ones that are united with one another. Because he's talking about unity in the Spirit. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So, if you are in the church, if I come to, to meeting with you, if you are not walking in the light, I cannot have fellowship with you. Because fellowship is talking about spirit communicating. Alright? If you come to this church and you don't walk in the light, 
and you walk in darkness, all right, you don't have fellowship with God. So we are not in fellowship because you are not walking in the light. Only those who walk in the light are in fellowship. And that's why scripture says black and white. Now, I have to help you understand. Walking in the light, what does it mean? Walking in the light means not walking in darkness. We agree together, say amen. Amen. Because that's what the, the scripture implies. If we claim we have fellowship with him, verse 6, yet walk in darkness, we lie. So to walk in the light is not to walk in darkness. So which means, therefore, for us to really understand walking in the light, we have to understand what is walking in the darkness. Are we in agreement? So if we, walk, if we understand by the scriptures what the Bible calls walk in darkness, walking in the darkness, then you will understand what walking in the light means. All right. Who is he that walks in darkness? Write it down. 1 John 2.11 But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness had blinded him. Now, if there is anybody who says, I'm a Christian, and you hate any human being. You are walking in darkness. Now, the dilemma is this. The Bible says, you do not know where you are going. In another words, that person will never have solution in his life. He will always stumbling, falling from one problem to the other, one issue to the other. Because you are walking, though your eyes are open, but you are blind. A person who hates another person has committed murder. That's the Bible. Why the Bible says? So the Bible says here, a person who hates his brother walks in darkness. Regardless what you claim that person has done to you. If you look at that scripture also, it went further to say, let me read it again. This is the message we have heard from you, from him, and declare to you. God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if anybody walks in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sins. And we looked at the word, who works in darkness. And First John 2.11 says, whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because he is because the darkness had blinded him. A person like that can never hear God clear. You know, I've met people who said that, but the, Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit told me to do something. But it was their spirit speaking. Because if Holy Spirit tells you to do something, that then is a perfect will of God. You can never end up in regrets. 
It can never help the regret. Whenever you take a decision and you felt you had a voice or you felt you, you have felt something in your spirit, it's your flesh. And if you are living in hatred against somebody, you can never see. That's what the Bible says. God can never show you anything. So, He cannot give you illumination, understanding, insights. Neither can He give you open vision and the rest of it. So, you may fast for 300 days. That doesn't give you this stuff. It's just to obey. The second thing I want to write down there, who hates light? Who is the person that hates light? Everyone who does evil or walk in sin. In the book of John 3, 19 to 21, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Who hates Light is the person who loves darkness. And who loves darkness? The people who work, whose works are evil. They love to sin. They love to walk in sin. Now, Pastor, he says, everyone who does evil hates the light. Why? And will not come into light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. This error that you are, somebody will rise up and begin to prophesy. And he will tell the whole church what someone did that week. That is what you begin to see in this era. He doesn't know you, but he will open you up completely by the prophetic. That is the era we have entered in CFT. So that you cannot hide before God any longer if you are dead. Because the Bible says very clearly here, anybody who loves darkness, alright, he hates light. And those who love darkness hate light because their work is evil. And because if their work is evil, if they come into the light, it will be exposed. Pastor 1 says, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. So that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Come on now. If what you have done, you are afraid to tell it before the church, then what you have done is evil. Because what you do, if what you do, you did it in God, and it's, it will be right. It doesn't matter where it's told. You don't cover your story. If you are still one of those who have things you hide, you are not in the light. If someone dies and is not in the light, certainly he cannot be with the prince of light. He can't enter heaven. You know, some people always, when they say somebody is dead or they mention the dead, they will say, may his soul, soul rest in peace. It's a stupid prayer. If on earth the prince of peace does not dwell in him, his soul cannot rest in the peace that, he, that did not dwell in him when he was on earth. You know, the culture of let us stand up in respect for the dead is a pity. There are many things we men do, human beings, that is just stupid. Hello? Now, the Bible tells us here, therefore, that The verdict is that light has come to the world, but, the, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Now, what is the consequence 
of a deliberate sin. You know, what the Bible is showing you here is this. There are some Christians who deliberately sin. Because to hate somebody is a deliberate sin. I told you, no matter what someone did against you, you just don't have the right to hate him. Alright? Because you did worse thing to God. And God didn't hate you. Okay? And I told you, when somebody just, you know, there are some people, you know, who allow the devil to use them. Some, you, may, you, may, you may have people in this church who are like that. Because, you know, you have noble, ignoble, and more ignoble. Okay? You have goats, you have sheep, and you have semi-goat and sheep. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can have somebody in this church that you walk beside him and he snobs you. He's walking in darkness. He's walking in darkness. If he's this apostle coming, he will be... But when apostle passes, it's another thing to other people. You can see somebody mixed among you who will just speak to spite you. Or use your luck to spite you. How? You sit down together with a friend who has got something which you haven't got. Okay? And you are believing God for it. And you see a person going, ah, well, you have got this anyway. Because you are there. He wanted, to, he wanted you to know that, well, that's your mate, he got it. They are in the church because they walk in darkness. Light is not in them. They have extinguished their light. May that not be you. Amen. The Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Whatsoever you sow is what you reap. If you hate a man, God will raise many who will hate you. If you despise a man, God will set you up among people who should honor you. They will despise you severally. Because anything that a man sows, that is, I was, I'm preparing for my birthday. I just saw a video there now with all these children when they were playing with me. You, 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 if you don't come to my birthday, angels will arrest you. And they will bring you by force for me. Because on my birthday, on the... On the praise night, all of us must be there to praise God. Amen. I will together now. And I saw myself with all these kids when I want to do some, some um, play with them on family, family night. I know. And those kids are very, very small like this. They were all small. But now, they are of my height. Alright? When you see me move along in the church, though they are of my height... They will never pass me without hugging me. Why? Because when they were like this, I recognized them. I've sown a seed of love in those children. At this hour, they are now grown up. They defend me. One of the parents was telling me in Cathedral yesterday that they wanted to sing a worldly song in the car. As they started singing it, a small boy said, Apostle doesn't sing that song. So they now say, okay, all right, all right, let us sing that Shabbat Shalom of blessing. And the boy said, that is the end of service. <laughs> Apostles sing that to end the service. 
And the mother was telling me. So, that's it. Which song shall we sing now? Both parents, their mouth shut. My seed is in that child. If you walk in the light, you will plant seed, good seed in everybody in this church. Somebody is successful, I celebrate him. Somebody is struggling to succeed, I throw my way to get him out. I will sacrifice my days and my nights to make sure that you succeed. That is the reason why I will reap help anywhere I go. If you follow suit, that's what will be to you. I never envy a successful person. I'm challenged by them. And it challenges me to do better in what I am doing. While I celebrate their success, at least I can be proud anywhere that I have this person in my church. Are we together now? I don't want to be a pastor of useless people. Neither would you rejoice to be a member, a co-member of a useless man. It's not a good story. So if your heart doesn't wish them success, and your heart wish them evil, and they become useless, you are a member and a friend of a useless man. I would gather now. To walk in the light means to think like God. To walk in the light means to see human beings the way God sees them. He sends his son upon the wicked. The one who just slaughtered a child, he will still send his son upon him. Amazing thing with God is that God still gives me a privilege to repent. But if anybody decides not to live in light, who is supposed to be a child of light? Let me tell you the consequence of sin. This is serious. Hebrew chapter 10 verse 26. It says, if we deliberately keep on sinning, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left. If you are born again and you take God for granted, it says, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. This scripture tells me that Christians and I can go to hell when they die. Because they walked in darkness all their life. And they died walking in darkness. See, this we are those people who perpetrate the wrong doctrine of grace. I really contend with them. I feel I can put my, my voice in the heart of all Christians so that they won't be deceived by all these Hollywood, you know, get-rich-quick liars. They say to you that once you are born again, grace covers all sins. It doesn't. If you are born into holiness, which you did not work for, you have a duty to maintain it. If I give you a white garment, I don't expect to go and soil it with mechanic, uh, in mechanic shop and put grease with my white curry grease. Can you imagine? You are going for a dinner and you put on a white. They gave you a white suit with white tie. Before you came for the dinner, you went to branch where they are used doing engine oil, losing engine oil for a car. The engine oil is black and you went under the car, losing it. So the whole engine oil pour your body. You will come to that dinner with others in white. No, you will not be able to come by yourself. So is a man who works in darkness on earth. 
He has no part in the kingdom of God. But God says here that I will punish him. So anybody who deliberately sin, God will not spare you. Look at First John chapter 5, 18. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. That is the deliberate act of sinning. The one who was born of God keeps himself and the evil one cannot harm him. The benefit of staying away from sin, Satan can harm you. No weapon for the against you will prosper. But if you live in sin, any weapon for the against you, they will prosper. They will populate you. They will dismantle you. Why should Christians be crying for nothing? Because their ways are wayward. Come on. Let's come back to sanity. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 7. I'm talking about the benefits of living a, a God-fearing life. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring what? Health to your body. And what? Nourishment to your bones. Proverbs 3, 7 and 8. Look at the book of Job. 28, 28. And he said to man, The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. Benefits of running away from sin. That is what took Joseph from prison to palace. Age 17. 17 year old boy. Godliness and contentment is great gain. Get it. And you gain it. Now, how can a Christian really stop sinning? You know, we are not talking about mistakes. We are talking about a deliberate act of sinning. You know this sin is wrong and you damn the consequence. That is the highest contempt and spite against your maker. Who lives inside you? And who wants you to follow him? Look at what he says here. How what can you do that you will not be falling into all these useless things? It is separating yourself from the world. Write it down. Second Corinthians six, fourteen to eighteen. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do, do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light, can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God. And they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them. Be separated, says the Lord. Touch not unclean thing, and I will receive you, God says. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Separate yourself from friends of the world. Not that you are not friendly with them. They don't practice their, their practices. The Bible says it. It says do not follow their practices. 
Ask yourself first when they tell you to do something. Will Jesus do such? If not, can't be out. You know, there are a good number of Christians. You fear men. You don't want to hurt men. And at the expense of God, you won't, get, you won't go scot-free. If you ask for mercy, we'll forgive you, but he will punish you soon. Because such disobedience triggers punishment and God cannot withdraw it. God can only reduce the time of your suffering if you truly repent. But for that punishment, you must get it because God is God. And why would we be exposing ourselves to unnecessary judgment from God when we don't have to? When we can have a life of peace and enjoyment? Why should we? Get free from among them. A Christian must not behave like an unbeliever. A Christian must not talk like an unbeliever. A Christian must not joke, cause joking. Especially using the name of God to joke, a person who does that must be in hell. You can't use the Holy Spirit to joke because if I say blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, will never be forgiven. When you are joking, you must have sense. You can't use your father to be joking. Talk less, the Almighty. Uh-uh. You should have fear now. Neither could you swear in his name for nothing. He is God. Don't follow custom of men, culture of your people. You won't find them in heaven. If you follow them, you will go to where they go, which is not heaven, it's hell. Let me say something to you very quickly because I have to leave you in about one minute. When I was growing up in my family, all right, I'm the first son. So first son is first son from birth. It's not when he grows old. So my father always tell me from a, a boy, a small boy, you are the head of my house. All right? So you must behave yourself. So because I know I'm the head of my house, I learned a lot from him. My father is always right. Completely. And I've never found him saying something to me that is not correct. That is what fathers are. A child who relates to a father like that would be wiser than his contemporaries. Today I'm wiser than my mates all over the world. Okay? So, one day, you know, there is a culture in Yoruba land that people declassified their wives and treat their wives as second class citizens. Okay? And he said, I know. They can be lambasting the woman and be abusing the woman, insulting her. She's a wife. She has no option. When they are doing ceremony, they will say that the wife sat home, she come and be washing she. When I met my own wife, in my own father's family, we don't do things like that. Because my grandfather was white raised, he was raised by an English person, and we are very, if we want to do anything, we will, we will employ cook to cook. Our wife don't do things like that. So my, wife, my sister now married into a typical Yoruba family where they do things like that. So we now went because they had an issue. And uh, we, had, we went there as guests. And then they now said that uh, my wife should go and join the wives of the house. But you know, my wife would not argue with them. I wasn't there. So when I came, I asked my wife, she, said she, was, she, was, she said that uh, all the wives are. I said, nonsense. I went to the place. Get up and follow me. Ah, 
Say, so you know what I was going to say? Ah, don't do that too. We are in the in-laws. I, I don't have in-laws with anybody. I am the head of my family. If your culture believes that, I'm not part of that culture. And my own household must follow what I say. I took my wife out of the place straight away. It was almost a, a, becoming a big fight. But nobody will just go to her. I said that she's not under anybody. I'm the one who married her. Finish. If you do that in your culture, gone. I'm not part of that culture. I decide what happened in my house. According to the word of God. You know, my father was there. He didn't say a word. So, that's how I rescued my wife. And then when we got, <laughs> when they got away, I had, no, there's no culture. When we got away, they now, my father now came to me and said, Son, So he told me when I got to him that you will really take care of my back when I'm gone. <laughs> Listen, therefore, I don't know, you may be among those people to libation is to the God of the earth, Satan. You do that, demons will oppress you. You help them, anything that they do in culture that you don't know the origin, don't do it. Or the things they do in culture that is contrary to the word of God, don't do it. Because anybody who works in the light, must separate himself from darkness. I will stand up and pray. You are going to ask God to give you insight this morning so that you will be able to follow the word of God very accurately. Lift up your voice and pray. Tell the Lord to give you the spirit of insight. Help me to walk in the light. If you have somebody that you are, you are quarreling with that you could not forgive, Pray, pray, and say, Lord, I forgive that person now, so that I can be forgiven by you too. Whatever the person has done, I forgive him. I free him from my heart. Tell the Lord, I rebuke the devil in my, in my heart. I love everybody. I forgive everybody. I let them go, scot free. Tell the Lord, give me the kind of heart that was in God himself. That is the mind of Christ. Let it operate in me. Tell the Lord, cleanse me, purify me, transform me. Oh Lord, my King. Tell the Lord, enable me to walk in the light. Do not let me walk in darkness anymore. In Jesus' anointed name we pray. I can't hear your amen. amen. Let me say something to you. To walk in a particular way, either light or darkness, there must be a guide. So if somebody walks in the light, what guides him? Holy Spirit. Yes? Because no man will choose to go into, dark, into, into light or darkness by himself. So if somebody walks in darkness, what guides him? Devil Spirit. Alright? I'm saying that for you to have a full understanding of what you want to pray about. Jesus said, my sheep hear what? The voice of that they will not. He didn't say they won't hear. He said they will not follow. Which means you will hear it, but you will not follow. You are going to pray, Father, deaf my ears. Don't let a stranger, the devil, lead me anymore in my life. Lift up your voice and we to pray. Every decision I make, let it be Holy Spirit. Do not allow my flesh to lead me. Do not allow my, my, the devil to lead me. Help me to follow the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray thee. 
Spirit of God, lead me. Help me, Holy Spirit of God. Let me hear your voice, Lord Jesus. The voice of stranger, I will not follow. The voice of God, I will follow. The voice of Jesus, I will submit to. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. This is life prayer you want to pray. We have begun a new session on Friday. You must manifest it. Somebody came to me on Friday. You know, when we, have, we finished everything, I said I had a song in my spirit. And that song says, Rock of Ages. Left for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from the river that be flow be your sin. The double kill. Let me tell you something. Somebody among the pastors, overnight, God didn't let him sleep. He prayed and prayed and prayed. Then he now eventually fell asleep. When he fell asleep, in his dream, they began to sing that song to him. And they told him, begin to sing. And he began to sing that song till he woke up to life singing it. He wrote it down. And he said, the Lord said, make a covenant with me for what I will do for you. He wrote it down. And all the things that the covenant he was making. God, if you do this, I will do this. If you do this, I will do this. He wrote everything down. And he gave it to his wife. And look at this, what has happened today. So he had a weakness. Is in his iPad, the date and the time he wrote. You know, iPad will record everything. So when I said that, we are too close. I'm hearing a song in my spirit. It is what for somebody to be saying that apostle has come again. Yes, I am come again because I hear him. I hear him now. I do hear him now. I hear him before. I hear my God care. <laughs> I hear him. <laughs> I wanted to hear too. So that, that pastor was almost crying. He said, that, 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 so it's just God. I said, it's God. He said, you know, it's more real to me now. Because God wanted to confirm to me, he said, that he is the one who gave me that visitation. So he has his own visitation. I was told that somebody came in, they were playing my tape. Pastor Baba. He was playing my tape, uh, one of my tape at home. 
And before the tape, he had a dream that, that very night too, Friday, so Saturday, that um, he saw a crown. And he was saying, that, whose crown is this crown? He said, it was so beautiful. And he woke up. When he was playing my tape, the wife came in. He didn't tell his wife his dream. The wife came in and said, ah, look at this crown on the head of apostle. Look at that crown. She said, what crown? He said, can't you see it? On the video. I didn't wear a crown physically on the video. But her eyes changed. And the husband said, oh. So it was apostle's crown I saw. (laughs) Something has shifted from Friday, as God said. You are going to just pray now. Father, let me manifest your grace. Tell the Lord, let me manifest your grace. If somebody is operating in prophetic, we call him a prophet. Somebody who can lay hands on his sick and can do him, we call him a healer. Somebody who can operate in science and wonders, we call them miracle worker. What are you? You are something. There is something God has put inside you. Tell God, let me manifest it. Let me manifest your grace. That I will be a blessing to everybody around me. Those who are caught to the ministry of help, they should be extremely rich. It's the same spirit. Father, I pray thee. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. As you have said, so it is. In Jesus' holy name. Please be seated. Put your hands together for the Lord.